Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Um, we want to uh, really thank the people at Anchor and encourage you if you are starting your own podcast or currently using uh, another platform in your podcast to uh, try Anchor. Anchor is a terrific platform. We're very, very pleased with their performance and their technology as well as uh, their support. So uh, give it a try. Anchor is a great, great uh, technology and platform, and we're pleased that uh, they are uh, one of our great uh, partners at Blood Time. Thanks for listening, and uh, continue to support us as we will support you with great stories. Thank you. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. Hey, Blood Time listeners, this is Maverick Peters over at MV Podcasting. Just want to give a quick shout out to our dear friends at Defense Soap. They're doing an incredible job staying on top of the world crisis that is COVID-19. Check them out if you get the chance at www.defensesoap.com. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Blood Time. It's Coach Cimarroni, and I want to thank my wrestling father, emotional interview uh, last time, Coach Dominic Imarino, 55 years coaching high school and collegiate wrestling. He was my head coach, my wrestling father, and godfather of wrestling to many. It was a poignant and tear-jerking interview uh, as he uh, reminisced about a number of the kids that he coached that are now men, and also, sadly, his uh, dearly departed grandson, who was uh, executed, basically, in the Chardon shootings. Um, Great interview, and I love him for it. I also love this guy. This guy is something. Um, our next guest is the uh, host of the uh, uh, his own show on The Answer, WHK 1420. And he's also a 22-year veteran of the radio wars, as well as a fill-in on all the Salem broadcasting um, um, broadcasts, basically, in all the shows. Bob France. Welcome, Bob. Peter, it's a pleasure to be here. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's great to see your smiling face. <laughs> and yours always. And you You're know, the ageless one. Every time oh. I see you, I think to myself, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you look like a, when I first met you 10, 12 years ago. It's yes. unbelievable. <laughs> God love you. Well, you look that's great, That's what too. wrestling does, right? I guess that's what it does. Being on the mats, being in the room, working with the kids. Yes. You, you know, you, you play young, you stay young, Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. And it really does energize me. No question about it. it. Today, uh, actually, I had to get in their faces a little bit. Uh, we were doing a move called the cradle, which okay. is one of my favorite moves, and we were getting turned by it. I said we were getting taken down by the fireman's carry and turned by the cradle. I said that's what those were my moves. I said <laughs> so I can't coach a team that is being taken down by the by the fireman's and being pinned by the cradles. So we were learning. I said now get the cradle, and they were like they were just kind of moving around and not doing it. So I my assistant coach, who is an all American from the famed Notre Dame College program. Right. Okay, Frank Romano, we had him on two two times ago. Phenomenal uh, also interview. And so I said, now, now, Coach Jake, show 
us how it happens in the Notre Dame room. And he just he cranked this guy, right? I said, that's how you do it, you know? And of course, I, I was a little bit more colorful in my, in my expletives. But anyhow, I, I, it got the point across. Having said that, we know that you're not a wrestler, but we still love you a lot. Well, I appreciate that because I have nothing but respect for wrestlers. And that's why, you know, you and I talked off the air before sure. we came on here, you know, when we first talked about um, uh, wrestlers in business, when you got yes. that started yes. and what that meant. And listening yes. to your podcast, all of the, you know, the, the ones that you've done thus far, I just hear it and I feel the passion Thanks. in your voice and the voices of all of your guests. Yes. And I just, I'll be honest with you. Yes. I envy it. Oh, I do. Wow. You know, wow. I was That's... I was never a wrestler. I, I don't think I ever had the, you know, and I suppose anybody can have the frame or the body for it or whatever, but I was built more basketball-wise. Right? Sure. You know, I'm six yeah. foot three in high school, and I just, yeah. I played basketball as a kid growing up. But I will tell you what, I, I was a, a huge wrestling fan when I was in high school. Okay. I would go down to Columbus to St. John Arena and watch the oh, state wow. championships yeah. uh, for a number of years. Sure. Uh, and I do. I, I envy the 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 passion that I hear coming from you and so many other people in the business, like you said, the business world and sure. wrestlers, and obviously what I've heard on your podcast. So oh, it's really an amazing thing, Bob. That so warms my heart. It really does, and I I just I love you for it. I I, I thank you for recognizing that, but we also recognize the other athletes out there. Okay, and we respect them as well. Mm-hmm. And I tell my my wrestlers, I said, I want you to just play another sport, enjoy yourself. Get some creativity from other sports. Bring it to our sport. Bring the creativity from that our sport to the other sports. Absolutely. Particularly if you're in a small school. And I know that you matriculated at a small high school. Yes. Your son is going to a small high school. Correct. And if they don't play one or two or three sports, there's a problem there, right? So I don't like that specialization. I don't know uh, how you feel about it. But when you were in high school, tell me a little bit about your experience as an athlete. Well, before I do that, I'll just follow up on what you said okay, about great. playing more than one sport. I completely agree. You awesome. do not want to have kids specialize, you know, in the high school. First of all, you're only in high school for four years of your I life. Enjoy you only it. have a chance to do this for most kids, 90 plus percent of them, right. one time. And that's when you're in high school because very few kids are good enough and have the ability or the opportunity to go on to wrestle, play football, yes. basketball, or whatever at the collegiate level. So yeah. while you're in high school, I always encourage kids, grab everything you can because right. this is the last chance you're ever going to have to do it. Right. That's just a general statement. But I will also tell you that our coach at, at my high school, which is uh, my son's high school now, my, my alma mater is Illyria Catholic. Illyria right? Catholic, right. right. <clears throat> Has sent countless numbers of messages to kids in their private messaging system and also on Twitter from other coaches of other sports saying, if you're a football player and you are not wrestling, you're doing it wrong. Right on. They want football players to get on the mat. Especially those linemen. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It is so incredibly important. So many things that they can learn. And like you said, take those from, uh, you know, wrestling to football and maybe vice versa. Absolutely. Like you said, you know. Hey, listen, when a guy comes in, like we just have this new kid in, okay, he's a 195 pounder. I love this kid. He's got great, you know, chunky hips and he's (laughs) so he's hard to take down. Sure. But I, I, you know, so when I talked to him, I said, here, you know, when you block, how do you block? Right. You don't block standing up. Right. And if you block standing up, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get beat. Back, right? right. You know, and if you don't move a certain way, if you don't get angles, 
you're going to get screwed, right? Sure. So I said it translates into our sport. Yeah, low center Angles. of gravity, balance. Absolutely. Head up, okay. Yep. Hands out. Use your hands as weapons. All that kind of thing. Anyhow, so having said all that, so yeah. so so you you know the, the reason for blood time. Let's 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 get to the core of this. The reason for blood time is, and why I wanted you in here because you're such an inspiration to so many people, and you bring intellect and you bring. S- some semblance of truth <laughs> to the airwaves, but also common sense. Mm-hmm. There had to be somebody, somebody in your formative years that said, Bob, you can do this. Maybe not overtly, maybe covertly, or maybe just just gave you this kind of nuance that you could do it and now you're doing it. Was there somebody like that? Well, I'll be honest with you, Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, my experience and that of Many, many of my teammates back in the 1980s right. um, in, in high school was a little bit different. Okay. Um, it, it wasn't just one guy, okay. but although one guy put the staff together, it right. was literally, you know, the, the football coaching staff was just a a cast of characters I could write a book of. I've thought about actually writing a book Is about that it. Is right? not. Um, that, that you would not believe whose motivation techniques. Now, the kind of stuff that, motivated kids and that was allowed to sure. motivate kids back in you know maybe the 80s and the 70s and prior to that yeah. would probably get people arrested today. <laughs> you just mentioned colorful expletives when you're in the wrestling room <laughs> that doesn't even begin to define it. <laughs> the challenging sure. now, now now this staff our, our head coach during those years and again we, we won I was fortunate enough to be on two back-to-back state championship teams wow in what sport in football oh fantastic and uh, yeah. they haven't won one since they've been to the playoffs many times but that, sure. I mean, that shows you how hard it is to do 30 Absolutely. plus years in count. Crazy. But the coach, his name is Jim Rattay. He was just a, an, an unbelievable uh, man. He was a philosopher. Uh, he was a coach. He was a motivator. He had to leave Ohio um, because of uh, health issues. He had oh. severe sinus complications. As a matter of fact, one of them actually took his eyesight in his, in his oh, life. But terrible. They said basically yeah. if he stayed in the cold weather climate, he, was, he wasn't going to survive. Wow. So he had to go to Arizona. He went to Arizona and he has won, I want to say, six state championships at three different schools. Oh, what God. he takes That's with him, he takes, I mean, he takes it everywhere and it works right. everywhere. Right. He's so just a renaissance man. He was. Yeah, he really fantastic. was. Yeah. But the crew that he put together challenged us in a different way than, Bob, you can do this. Yeah. It was more challenging your manhood and okay. you know what you blankety blank you better do this i gotcha there was a yeah. drive where you did not want to let these guys down love it and you didn't want to let your teammates down right and you know as i listen to to blood time and i listen to some of your other you know, wrestlers talk about the beauty of wrestling yes being <clears throat> individual there's you know i think i can't remember which one of the your guests said you know said you can't blame somebody for dropping the pass right you can't blame somebody for not blocking for you right it's all you you make the mistake you didn't prepare for that was it. officer safanovitz i think possibly. maybe that's yeah. what, there you go thank you um yeah and and that's true yeah the the benefit though or the the flip side of that in football is that you don't have just yourself that you have to that you're responsible for right. like you are in an so i'm kind of giving like the, the yeah no no i see that yeah you have yeah. brothers you have to, that you have, have more to look out for yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's so it's not just i did my job right he didn't do his it's i've got to do my job and if he needs help i got to help him do his right you know if he's having a hard time i got to try to keep my guy out and chip his guy whatever yeah. the case might be right um and that's what i loved about what i learned you know about the game Right. Uh, is the the reliance upon one another, the self-reliance to say if my 
my buddy, my teammate, the guy next to me can't get it done. I will pick him up, that kind of thing. So there's that, you know, 11 men at a time working in unison, knowing that if one picket, one one post in the picket fence is out, well, then guess what? All of the animals are getting out. Yeah. Uh, So somebody's got to make sure to plug that one up. It, right, so yeah. that's the beauty of what I learned, uh, and and I tr- and I tried to take into coaching a little bit as, as well when sure. I when I got out of college, um, and that's the beauty of sport. To be honest, yeah. is is the individual sports like you're talking about? It's only on you. You can't blame the guy next to you for messing up. Right. But in the team sports, you can say, yeah, but I need to pick that guy next to me yeah. up when he does mess up. Yes, and you that's know, that's the beautiful thing. You know, and, and that's a great point. And I'll tell you, Bob, one of the greatest. I was talking to. Uh, a dear friend of mine the other day, and I said, the greatest compliment my kids can give me is that I'm in their head and they're doing the right thing. That's self-parenting ability. And the greatest compliment that I've been given as a coach is the self-coaching that I see these kids start to do and help what you're saying. Right. So I have three kids right now, one, uh, one senior, one junior, and one sophomore that are injured. And they just can't, they cannot get on the mat yet. So we had to shut them down. But they're there every day and they're coaching. They're actually, you know, coaching. And it's just so beautiful to see that self, you know. And I said, first of all, coach yourself first and then, you know, you right. can really be something. So I think what you're saying with football, that's a that's a beautiful thing. And I play football too. Um, in the Stone Age, <laughs> when a center could be the same way. <laughs> that's right. When a stone, when a center could be five seven hundred fifty. You played center. I did. Wow. I did. That's how great. It wasn't a powerhouse. Beachwood was not a powerhouse. So, but uh, we had fun doing it. But it's funny. I, we used to see back in those days a lot of guys your size play nose guard on the flip side. Of Absolutely. The because Absolutely. the quickness. You know, you, you take advantage of the fact that he's got to snap it and then step yep. as opposed yep. to the. You know, and that's why the smaller, toughest, bad blank you had you know you put him down a nose guard because it makes life miserable for that right center shooting gaps and our guy my my senior year my my junior year was a senior crazy man crazy jeff sorkin god i, I hope you're listening out there jeff but 135 pounds nose guard there you go that's what i'm talking about so you know what i mean they, they are he crazy. Was, crazy he was second people. team all league <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, so I so so you had this cast of phenomenal i'll call them characters so when you got out of high school, did you have that confidence that you can go to Heidelberg where you went and, and went to college and say, I could do this? And was there anything else besides just the sport mentality that you were starting to bring to the world at large? Well, you know? I, I, I'll tell you this. Um, my coach, and I just told you the one coach who had to leave, mm-hmm. um, was replaced by uh, one of his top assistants who actually sure. won our second championship for us, wow. uh, the two in a row. He was the first one who came to me uh, late in my junior year uh-huh. and said to me, um, what do you plan to do after high school? Yeah. And Pete, I can honestly tell you, I had no earthly idea. Right. I mean, I'm a junior. I'm 16, 17, going on 17. And I, 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 was, I was a very, very simple-minded, live-in-the-moment person. Sure. And sure. I wasn't even self-conscious of that. So there was no actualization yet. I, I, yeah. I just, nobody had really approached me and said, are you going to go to work? Right. Are you going to go into the military? Right. Are you going to go to college? I just didn't think of it. I'm like, I, I'm, a, I'm a sophomore and this is what I do. I go to school and I play football. I play right. basketball. I'm a junior and this is what I do. I just didn't have any forward thinking. And my coach came to me uh, my junior year, late my junior year, and said, what do you plan to do? And I said, I don't know. And he said, 
do you want to go to college? And yeah. I said, I don't know. And he said, well, I got coaches who are interested in you. Wow. And they want me to send game tape and transcripts. Sure. And I can't send your transcript because it's terrible. <laughs> That's right. And he was right. That's right. That's right. He you, was right. Get because your act I was together, a screwball. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a screwball. I just, You're just having fun. I just, yeah. yeah they, having fun. I just, didn't, I just was very self-unaware. Sure. So he is the one who said to me, you've got to fix that now yeah. or else, you know, your, your future at this is shot. So, and. Yeah. All of a sudden, that was the light switch that flipped up for me, right. and I went from being a 2.4 student right. to being a, a 3.5 honor student oh, for the wow. next six quarters, the last two quarters of my junior year. What's his name? My, What's his name to talk to you about uh, this? Coach Fred Schmitz was the first one that came. We love you, Fred. Yeah, we did. We love you, Fred. Good and, for him. And it did, and, and it yeah. got my cum up to almost three, and it got me into Heidelberg College where I went to play football. Yeah. But, the second part of the answer to your question would yeah. be, did I feel like I could handle it? I felt like I could handle anything because of that football experience. Sure. I, some of our, some of my classmates who had, not classmates, teammates who had graduated the year ahead, so the class ahead, had gone into the military. Yeah. And um, I had thought about it, and I right. thought to myself, you know, boot camp is supposed to be the biggest nightmare that anybody can ever experience. Sure. But I kid you not, Peter, and if you ask anybody who played with us in those years, yeah, and some of them did tell me this. Sure. So it's not just if you ask them. I have asked them or they have talked about it. Right. Boot camp was nothing compared to what we went through in our practices. That's awesome. I mean, it was, it, you know, yeah. I heard you talking with, um, I think it was Jason Thomas. Yes. About yes. Cranking, Major the yeah. cranking the wrestling room up to about 110. <laughs> That's right. Back in the day. Making life miserable. <laughs> Back yeah. in the day, there yeah. were things that we yeah. were forced to do that sure. would be honestly considered physical abuse (laughs) of teenagers but pete it made us different yeah and when we were in every game and especially in the playoffs as we were on our way to championships a lot of teams will do the symbolic at the start of the fourth quarter they'll hold the four fingers oh yeah four yeah yeah we to us that meant something very very different i mean it was it was there is no way that you can possibly have gone through what we went through. Yeah. We are more prepared physically yeah. through stamina and strength for this fourth quarter than you could possibly be. Love we that. will own this fourth quarter because nobody else went through the hell. Right. And I don't care how hard your practices were. I guarantee you nobody was doing this. And, yeah. and it literally worked. It That's literally... why you won two state titles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it was. Yeah. We weren't the most yeah. talented team in the entire no, state. No, but you could look to the guy but next to you. But we were the you. hardest working team yeah. in that state. Yeah. We were the hardest prepared team, the most sure. disciplined team by that cast of characters sure. that I told you about so i felt like i can go to the military and kick basic training's ass yeah uh i mean i've been through larry catholic football are you kidding yeah. me this is sure. no big deal to me and i can go to college and i did go to college and i played football division three college at heidelberg sure. college and guess what yeah oh my goodness it was like taking a nap under a tree at a park yeah when it came to training yep. conditioning and everything else, it wasn't anywhere close to what we had been through. Put sure. through. It prepared us for so much more for the rest of, you know, the challenges that life can bring. That um, I, I think it, I think it literally shaped who I am. That is fantastic. So you have to have iron. <clears throat> if you go through fire, you get steel. That's right. Right. And here you come. You know. And so, so, so we matriculate through Heidelberg, mm-hmm. and you know, you your voice is like a, sometimes like. The only voice in the wilderness when I listen to you, and so so tell me a little bit about right after college or, or or high school college. How did you get to where you're at today, and the kind of voice that you have, the kind of 
intellect that you have, the kind of philosophy that you're bringing, and the common sense inspiration that you bring to the airwaves? Well, I'll answer that two ways. Um, after college, I was not doing, I mean, I actually went to college <clears throat> to major in broadcast communications, and sure. I did as a freshman. I switched sure. at the start of my sophomore year to major in English yes. because yes. I wanted to coach. Yes. And I said, how can I coach and make a living? Well, right. i got to teach. All right, English is what I'm best at, so I switched to. I, I know you are because you helped me with my book. Thank you. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> Thank but, you. <laughs> but so, so I, I, I came out of college as a, an, uh, with an English degree and a, and a teaching certificate, and I taught and I coached for six years. Awesome. And coaching was fine, um, mm -hmm. but one of the teachers that I work with told me, and he was around 25 years in, far yeah. too too uh, far along toward retirement to back off now. But, you know, we would discuss the state of teaching today and sure. some of the problems with kids and some of the problems with parents. And, yeah. and um, you know, he, his advice to me was, if you can't see or do yourself putting up with this for the next 30 years, yeah. get out now. Yeah. And um, yeah. I kind of took that to heart uh, because I didn't know if I could. Well, I love the coaching. I didn't. And I love teaching. I love the yeah. kids. Yeah. I didn't like a lot of the stuff that came along with it. Sure. So I said, well, you know what? Um, I, I really wanted to be a broadcaster when I first went into college. So right. I, I actually went to a local um, radio station that did high school sports and okay. volunteered my services. Sure. I said, can I intern for you? I'll work for free. I just want to get some experience here, see yeah. what I can do. And uh, that was the beginning. I was back in 1996. I got wow. hired in 1997 to call high school football games uh -huh. and basketball games. And 1998, I sent my tape to uh, 1100 in Cleveland. The big one. That's the right. Flame the flamethrower. <laughs> 50,000 watt, baby. And got hired there in 98, <laughs> which, you know, again, that's, that's yeah. 21 years ago for that, 22 since I actually started the whole ball wow. of wax. And what I did for the first uh, three or four years yeah. is just sports talk radio. Sure. I remember. Which was my passion. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the second part of the answer to your question um, yeah. of what kind of got me where I am and shaped my voice or my yep. approach right now. Mm -hmm. And that answer was September 11th. Ah. I was in San Francisco. Sure. I was doing an afternoon drive radio show and I was working for the Oakland Raiders as wow. uh, their, their sideline reporter for their broadcasts. I'll be darned. And um, September 11th happens mm -hmm. and I've got a show that day at three o'clock and like the rest of the world, we're all watching our TV screens in horror. Yeah, horror. Yeah. And um, I had to go on the air at three o'clock. Yeah. And I can't talk Sports. Raiders football yeah, while the world is burning. Yeah. Means you know? nothing. Yeah. It was the first time I talked about something other than sports. Wow. And it meant so much to me. It hit me so hard mm -hmm. because my daughter, my firstborn, had just been born three weeks prior to September 11th. Oh, my. She was, she was a mid August baby. Three yeah. weeks later, it happens on September 11th. Right. And, um, I remember saying to my wife when I turned the TV on and saw what was going on that morning, um, I said, what did we do? Yeah. She said, what do you mean? And I said, how could we bring that little angel into yeah. that, that world? And I pointed yeah. at the TV screen. Wow. And it had a very powerful impact on me. At that point, I had been very, very loosely political, maybe sure. apolitical. I Not mean, true. I didn't care very much. Not that I didn't care, but it's that I can't change anything. It doesn't matter to me. I'm doing my thing. Sure. Whatever's going on in Washington, D.C. is going on. Again, another another aha moment, becoming self-aware. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly There's right. There's the Bob that was yeah. there, but I didn't know it was there. Right. right. You're yeah. 100% right. Yep. Yep. 
Because that, And then after I talked about it that day, and after I then began to study a little bit about who Al-Qaeda was, and what yeah. Al-Qaeda was, and what sure. Osama bin Laden was, and, 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 and the, all of it, I mean, um, I, I became fixated on it. I got you. How did this happen? Mm-hmm. We can never let this happen again. Yes. And so I started, to, you know, looking at laws, and I started looking at um, policy and foreign policy, and this sure. and that and the other thing. And I had a craving to talk about it more. So when I left California and came back home to Ohio, it was to do a morning drive show right. in Toledo, right. which was news talk, not sports talk. And that was my first job, actually talking uh, yes. news, politics, uh, social issues, and so on and so forth. Um, full time. So you completely expanded your world. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And then I have spent the better part well and then of course as you know I, I came back to eleven hundred yes, where you my did. career started. Yeah, right. And I did a little bit of everything. Yeah, I did sports. Did. I worked, you know, just at Browns and Indians pregame and mm-hmm. postgame shows and whatnot. But yeah. during the nights I talked about what mattered. Yeah. And then now that I've been on the answer, I'm you became their Jose Ramirez. Yeah, <laughs> second base, third Utility, base, yep, whatever I got to do. Bit, and I'm a good, I'm a good stick. That's right. That's a, that's a good analogy. I love it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, now for the last five years, it's just been you know, uh, uh, Salem Media is uh, yeah. is very conservative oriented. Yes, it is. Which I have become in large part because of that September 11th mindset that I developed. Sure. And as I've studied things, I've kind of come to. To, to realize that America first is um, has got to be our top priority. Sure. doesn't mean we do not care about people in other countries, but yep. we have to look out for who we are first. Um, and well, that's just you been know, my mentality really for the last five years. And, um, and I feel like I am now more at home than I've ever been in my career awesome. on this radio station because yeah. the, the national lineup of hosts that I sit in for, yes. the Hugh Hewitts and Dennis Pragers and Larry Elders and Sebastian Gorkas and so on and so forth, we are all... Um, of, of similar mindsets, yeah. and we all uh, are accepted for that. We're not told what to say or what not right. to say because you remember Michael Jordan oh, once yeah. said um, when somebody asked him why he wasn't more political, why he didn't use his platform as the most famous athlete in the world to do something right. the way Muhammad Ali did and so sure. on, and his answer was, hey, Republicans buy sneakers too. Yes. And, and that meant I can't alienate half of my fan base by right. going political and saying something that might do that. And at my old, some of my old positions, that was what they, that sure. was what they they went by, and they right. said you can't just be so overtly political yeah. that you make half of the audience angry. We yeah. can't lose them. Yeah. And at Salem, they have said, look, we don't want to lose anybody, but we are not going to compromise the values that we believe in, sure. the family first mentality that comes with, you know, the the, the conservative uh, philosophy or ideology. We are going to promote that. We are going to let our hosts say whatever they want to say right. and not feel, you know, like, hey, we have to be careful because somebody might get offended and turn off the radio. Well, you know, and I, and I just, I embrace that. And that, that is beautiful. That's part of what makes our country great. You know, the ability to have free speech. Yes. And, and so what's interesting about that is, you know, you look at the, the lineup that you just said, the intellect is stunning. Oh, yeah. Now, whether you agree politically one way or the, or the other, you it's hard to deny the intellect. Absolutely. Okay? Now, having said that, I have I have seen your evolution, and I know that you have an, an innate intellect, but you're, you are sharp. I mean, the the. the the opinions or the the facts that you're bringing are hard to hard to deny. Well, you know that's I mean? yeah, that's kind of you to say. Yeah, first well, of all, it's true. You know, I mean, uh, listen, but, I'm I'm a very I, I'm a I, I'm a pragmatic person. Okay, so I have a I have a I have a political stance that's really, in my estimation, 
pragmatic. Sure. I look at the brilliance of the position, not the politics of the position. Right. But having said that, I'm going to I'm going to back off and let you talk. Yeah. And, well, no, and, and you have yeah. explained your your political ideology to me, and I respect yeah. it greatly because sure. it is very pragmatic. Yeah. Um, I, I would say this: um, the the most important thing to me as a talk show host is. Mm-hmm. To let people know that I'm not a journalist per se. Okay. Journalists write the news and they are supposed to write it without bias, mm-hmm. without prejudice, without a slant of any kind. This is what happened. Yep. Tell us what happened. This is what right. the news used to be, yeah. uh, whether it be in print or or unbroadcast. Yeah. And we'll let the people decide what to make of that. Sure. And and that's what journalism is. Now, I am a broadcast journalist in the only loosest sense of the word because mine is an opinion-based talk show. Yes. So I can get on there and be slanted and be biased, sure. and it's acknowledged in front ahead of time. So I'm not you know, pretending that this is supposed to be straight line down the middle. I am biased. This is sure. how I feel. Uh, and this is what I'm going to you know. But what's important to me, Peter, and, and that's why I'm glad you said what you said, is that my opinions are grounded in fact. Yes. I can't just go out there and be off the wall and make it up. Right. And so I have become a student of history much more than I was 18 years ago when 9-11 happened. I have studied a lot of the United States Constitution, a lot of our history, a lot of our, uh, you know, the politics that have shaped this country to be what it is, et cetera, et cetera. And I prepare that way every day. And that's why it's hard to escape you. Because you know history. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's the most important thing. Exactly. You, right. you do. You have to. You have to know the history, and you have to know, yeah. you know, all of the angles of, of what is being said today. Um, you relate it to that history or not? Right. Um, but you have to know all the angles, even if you're only going to agree with half of them. But you have to sure. know everything that is being said and how it all fits. So that way, I can say, look, this is my opinion. I'm giving you. A, this is an opinion-based talk show. It's you know, it's a two-hour editorial essentially. Right. But, but it's not it's infotainment. Not made, right. It's not made up. <laughs> yeah. It's grounded yeah. in fact. Yes. I can yes. tell you what happened on this date, and I can tell you what the impact of this law was, and I can tell you what this part of the Constitution meant and why it's still valid today. So all all of that preparation is is the most important thing so that your opinions can be taken seriously and you're not just kind of laughed off as a conservative conspiracy theorist or you know well you're not a character you're not playing a character right you know you are bob france yeah you're not bob france the caricature of bob france yeah i i do a lot of appearances and i make a lot of speeches and things like Mm -hmm. that and and i think if you ask people who meet me I sound the same off the air that I do on the air. No it's doubt. It's not a... It's You're not genuine. A, yeah, it's not a performance. There's authenticity It's not performance there. art. Exactly. That might be fun sometime to do that. But <laughs> sure. Well, but you know that you know that there are people, and they're nationally known, that yeah. are really Absolutely. a caricature. They're, you know, they're put... I mean, I remember, uh, I think somebody was interviewing Robin Quivers. She mm-hmm. goes, I'm not like this. This is my my That's her character. Pers- right. That's very true. It's my true. character, you yep. know? And so there's brilliance there. I mean, obviously, my goodness gracious, it's probably the most successful talk show in the history of any. No question. Any, and I think Howard enemy. himself would tell you the same oh, thing. absolutely. I mean, he's a much more down-to-earth guy than the off-the-wall, you know. No doubt. You know, st- the character that he kind of plays. But he's bringing most. more of his own self into it. And yes. He's a brilliant interviewer. Oh, my yeah. Goodness gracious. Oh, yeah. He's evolved so much. Unbelievable. Yeah, one of, the, one of the standard bears in the industry. No Very doubt. different than a Rush Limbaugh or very different than, yes. you know, some of the, the giant that I mentioned that are on Salem yes. Radio, yeah. but uh, but yeah, he has he has really become just a, a tremendous listen to to draw things out of people rather than just put on the lesbian show. Exactly, that's right. Exactly right. Yeah, no question about that. And also too, the m- names you mentioned, highly intellectual. 
Oh, all, all, you know, all they, of them. You know they have a great intellect, and that's the beauty of that too. Absolutely. You know, and and so I could talk to you for forever. <laughs> well, <laughs> I enjoy is, it. Yeah. This is fantastic, and and I know that we talked a little bit about. I want to mention your son. Oh. I, um, you know, we, we just heard some great accolades uh, about him in the press, and you just shared that with me off air. Tell me a little bit about oh, I'm just, your pride I'm, and joy. I'm very proud of that young man, as I am of my daughter, who of course. is, uh, as, I, as I mentioned to you off the air, is a, a freshman uh, pre-med major at Hillsdale Congrats. College in Michigan. She yeah. is a just an amazing human being. Great and, work ethic, and, right? And, oh, my goodness. Fantastic. You, you, have, no, you have no idea. And, I, and everybody's proud of their kids, especially if they're great students and so on and so forth. And I say this not to diminish anybody else's, but she is something very, very special. That's awesome. And um, What's I, her I name? Jaden France. Jaden France. Uh, she will be known as Dr. Jaden France in uh, seven years. Awesome. Uh, she's awesome. she's pre-med, and she's she's going to get there. She's That's incredible. That's fantastic. But no, my son is a junior at Elyria Catholic, and he is... Um, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a feeling unlike any other to you know have graduated from a school with um, such an incredible history, mm-hmm. the championships that I won on that field. Yes. To watch your son play on that oh, field thirty years later, and do some. You're of the a things. lucky man. I am. You're a lucky am. man. Uh, and that to do some of the things that I did, but better. Yeah. Oh, he's wow. better than I ever wow. was. Wow. And and I did pretty well. But he he uh, yeah he just completed his junior year. Uh, he uh, he was first team all conference, all county, and all district, and second team all Ohio. Fantastic. And he has, um, according to what a lot of people have said, he's got a very bright future in the game of football. Hopefully, at the next level. And what so, is his name? Jared France. Jared France, Ooh. number five. Well, Larry good luck, Waters. number five. Yeah, go. Good luck, number five. And and Bob, it's been a marvelous interview. I really appreciate you, and I love looking at you. You're, well, you're Pete, awesome. It's, it's a pleasure. You're, you're awesome. And you know, we want to leave the audience with a blood time thought. Uh, I don't know if you've been thinking about it or not, but if you want to leave us with one or two things that we'd love to take to the world at large. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I hear to, you. To, to hear you. you know, kind of leave a, an epitaph almost. <laughs> <laughs> well, just maybe maybe but, a nuance. Maybe a nuance. Well, yeah. I, what, what I would say is, um, and it's going to sound very cliche, like it's on some Who cares? motivation poster or greeting card yeah. when I say be true to yourself. But yeah. But, I really meant that because I didn't, I didn't know what I was yeah. until, again, this sounds very cliche, but when, you know, when I say 9-11 changed me on a deep and personal level, sure. I didn't know anybody in the towers. I didn't know anybody at the yeah. Pentagon. A lot of people did, yeah. and they, it changed them forever because they actually knew or had acquaintances. I, I'm not from New York or Washington or any of those kinds of things, but it changed me in a very deep way. And I, and I realized at that time that I had to do something more with my life than what I was. I had to, awesome. I had to make a difference. Um, yep. I was doing sports radio, which is fun and entertainment, and it takes us away from all of the murders, wars, and rapes that highlight our days. Right. Uh, and that was a great thing, but I didn't feel like I was making a difference. And I knew gotcha. I had to make a, a, a better, you know, a, a, a name. What? Yeah, it's going to sound bad. Not make a name for myself, but I had to use my celebrity, the power of, of the platform yes. that I was on. The bully to say yes, yes, thank you. Yes. To say much more about the world than I was. And ever since then, um, I have tried to stay true to that. And I think that's the most important thing, the advice that I could give people. Be disciplined to yourself. Sure. Know what you want and what you want to become. And, and lay out the plan to achieve that. Yes. And never never stray from who you are at your core. Yes. And, and do what you are passionate about. I became passionate about protecting our country, mm-hmm. protecting our, 
our nuclear families, protecting our children. I became very passionate about that, and I feel like that's kind of what drives me to do the radio shows I do every day. I love that. And you know, it's just recently I just met two survivors of Cantor Fitzgerald. Is that right? Yes, yes. And they're about my age, Mm -hmm. in in their mid-60s. And I can tell you that when they talk about it, it's hard. They lost. They went to 60 personal funerals. Wow. I mean, 60 apiece. I can't even imagine. It's just, I mean, I get chills just thinking about it. And thank you for It's one of those things where you say never again. It's okay, well, how can I make never again happen? Right. And and, and the answer is, you know, you might not be able to control foreign policy or control the hate that exists in the world elsewhere, but you can do what you can to make the lives of the people around you a little bit brighter, a little bit better. Right. And, uh, And like I said, protect that which you can protect. This is blood time. This is what this is all about, this bond. And I am so happy that you're on the front line of the radio world. I am, leading I am that honored charge. to have been asked to be here. You've oh. got a great podcast going. Well, I've listened you. to the thank previous you. episodes. Like thank I said, you. I'm not a wrestler. I kind of wonder how I fit in. But you, <laughs> you do that, fit you, in you tremendously. Made that, you made that very clear. And Absolutely. I really, I really appreciate being here. Well, Bob France, thank you so much. Good luck on the answer. This is Blood Time. Coach Cimarroni, love to you all.